Hi everyone, welcome to the Femina podcast. My name's Elise and I am one of the co-founders slash creators of Femina & Co. With my partner Afi, we interview professionals of all different professions, small businesses, brands, and just a whole bunch of really interesting people. If you like to learn more every day about literally anything, this is the podcast for you. Just to give you a little bit of a glimpse of what we've talked about before on this podcast, we've talked about the female body and hormones, the stigmas behind body hair, spirituality, the perpetual existence of human beings and our relation to finding purpose in life, mental health in youth, body image, anxiety and depression, and how to identify trauma and acknowledging it. These are just a few examples. If you want to know exactly what we've talked about on this podcast before, head to our Spotify or our Apple podcast, look up The Femina Podcast, and you can see all our episodes. We're having a lot of fun and we're just excited to bring you guys on this journey with us. Um, If you're interested in reading some of our articles, we share Dear Diaries, which are personal experiences and journeys of a whole different variety of people, different walks of life. And we also share medical journeys, professional journeys, and professional advice. We also post articles from professionals from all different industries. Head to our website, www.feminandco.com. Our conversation includes topics such as eating disorders, depression and anxiety. If you were triggered by any of the following topics, we advise you to discontinue listening to this week's episode as a caution to your own mental health. If you are seeking help regarding your own safety and mental health, we advise you to seek help from a trusted friend or partner or your nearest available helpline. Enjoy this week's episode and thank you for listening. Hi everyone, welcome back to the Femina Podcast. It's Elise here and I have a very special guest with me today. Um, Her name is Talia and she runs the It's Her Time Instagram account. Um, Hi Talia, welcome to the Femina Podcast. Hi Elise, Uh, it's such a pleasure to be chatting with you, finally. Um, I'm so excited to talk all things body positivity. (laughs) Yes, I'm so excited too. So we, Talia um, contacted me, what, like maybe... couple weeks yeah, ago maybe about a month yeah ago. wanting to see what we were all about and see how she could kind of get amongst the action and um you decided to create the it's her time instagram yes. account which you've been wanting to do for a while is that right yeah i think i might have had the instagram page for about a year um and i was posting and then deleting and then posting and deleting i think that i just <laughs> didn't know 100 percent where i wanted it to go but it's finally up and running so it's very exciting yeah so run us through who you are, who yeah. it it's her time is, what it is, your philosophy, what it's all about. Yeah, and I am the creator of like this mental health body positivity movement called It's Her Time. Uh, yeah, so It's Her Time is pretty much a social media platform at the moment that I utilize to show that every single body is beautiful and perfectly created. Uh, at the moment, so It's Her Time... Um, I'm just showing a lot of my own body and the different shapes and sizes that it takes uh, and also showing how different poses and angles can depict very different looking bodies and therefore what we see on social media and what we view as beautiful, quote unquote, most of the time is kind of unrealistic. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm also including a bit of informational images and quotes to help people identify what body negativity is um, and just to kind of get out there how detrimental this can be to our mental health and our physical health and well-being. And I guess the goal of It's Her Time at the moment is to, I really would love to nurture a culture of belonging with between everybody and to empower women, like women, and I guess also men, um, to love their bodies um, in all the different shapes and the different sizes and to see that they are so much more than a body. And I think that is my overall goal. Like we are just so much more than our society continuously yeah. tells us. Yeah. So yeah. I just think like our bodies do so much for us, like to keep us functioning, to keep us healthy. Um, And I think they're super underrated and they deserve so much more love and respect that we are giving them in this day and age. So, and so I created it. Such a powerful message. Yeah. Yeah. That is so powerful. So what is your origin story? Where did you get the inspiration from this? And like, where did this passion come from? Oh, I like this one. (laughs) So (laughs) I guess we 
like we can start around the start of my body image journey so yeah yeah I guess throughout my teen age years uh, I live in I lived and breathed body negativity and like body image issues and low self-esteem and I think that teenagers is very prominent like low self-esteem which is mm-hmm. really tough and I think it's not addressed enough um but yeah so and I think a lot of this did stem from my childhood um in my childhood I came from a divided family and um I was I felt pretty alienated in my family and um there was a bit of a power pull between who loved who and in the end it kind of left me like who loves me and um yeah and I guess like then you go into your high school years and then you start looking externally for love or this sense of approval and acceptance and then in our society it's like well you have to look a certain way and act a certain way in order to be loved and you know looking you've got to be skinny you've got to be beautiful you have to have unblemished skin and beautiful hair and um I think as a 14 year old girl I didn't have those things like I wasn't living in this thin ideal body. I wasn't living with perfectly sculpted eyebrows and yeah, and I think that's when society really got to me. Um because you know, it is a fight against your soul and your natural way of being, trying to be and fit into yeah. someone else's shoes. So, I guess I did have this unrealistic beauty ideal about how I had to look. So, Anyway, so from this, I think I went down a pretty dark hole of like low self-esteem and kind of a bit of self-hatred. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, and this then led to me trying to change myself. So I would hide like weight loss pills and shakes under my bed because God forbid someone see them. And then I would take, you know, all those skinny me teas, you know, that make you just go to the toilet so that you can lose weight. And it's quite painful. Um yeah and so then I would over exercise and when I didn't exercise I'd have panic attacks and um and you know and this then just led to multitude of eating disorders unfortunately um like bulimia anorexia and orthorexia um so yeah so it was a pretty tough and like dark time um and then eventually my parents found out which destroyed them and also it destroyed me and so then I you know started going to counseling which pretty much changed my life and I think I will always be so grateful to my counselor for sticking by me um through that period so yeah so I think it was kind of during my recovery that I delved into more about learning why you know people and women specifically are so obsessed with being beautiful and this is like when I started to really understand um, that it's all this big bunch of bull crap, you know, this entire mm-hmm. idea of beauty and having to be beautiful in society to be successful and to be accepted. And um, yeah, I don't know. It was, yeah, it was a pretty big journey for me. But um, yeah, yeah, something that I really remember is that um, I read Naomi Wolf's book called The Beauty Myth. And this pretty much right. revolutionized my life, you know, um, was that kind of the turning point? I think so. So um, I've always kind of identified myself as a feminist, like which is just I believe in equality and I think that, you know, women shouldn't have to be beautiful or work 10 times mm-hmm. more harder to get to the same places that men do. So, yeah, so this book pretty much, its basic premises is that as the social power and prominence of women have increased, the pressures they feel to adhere to unrealistic Social standards of physical beauty has grown a lot stronger because of commercial influences on mass media. Um, so this then leads to unhealthy behaviours and, you know, exists as a preoccupation uh, with our appearance. So it then compromises the ability of women to be effective and accepted by society. So definitely as a feminist, this was super revolutionary. Um, and I guess it just, it just made me stop and think, like, how can I be so obsessed with this ideal of beauty that I can never reach, but then will compromise my entire life and everything that I love and everything that I'm good at and all my creativity just because I want to reach this goal of being beautiful. Um, yeah, and I just like, I at some point I was like, dude, I don't even want to be nice anymore. I don't want to be beautiful. I don't want to go to the gym. I don't want to diet and like miss out on all these foods. Yeah. Like I actually, like I want to be powerful. I want to be opinionated. I want to be strong and courageous and all the awesome things that women are because I think that you know once women start to understand that the only reason that the beauty myth kind of is exists is to keep 
us preoccupied, like so that we can't be successful. Um, my God, like imagine how many empires women would build and imagine the influence yeah. and the say that we would have, you know? So yeah, I guess I... It's insane. It's insane. Yeah, so I guess I just created... It's a time to show women that, no, they are not the sum of their size and their body or the numbers they see when they step onto the scales. Like women are brains, their wit, their passion, their power. And at the end of the day, beauty is so temporary, but intellect and influence and passion is generational. And I think... Yeah, I just think women are so much more than the box that yeah. we're continuously put in. Yeah, and even yeah. like intellect and um, being being confident within like within your personality and your like in your brain that exudes beauty anyway. So it's oh, like the 100%. whole exterior is like yeah, and um, and I think it's such a powerful message because I believe the complete same thing when I do when I um, train my own clients in with PT. Yeah. Um, I, I get a lot of people coming to me going, Oh, I want to lose this. Can you get rid of this flab mm, under my arm? I want to lose this around here. I want to get, and I always go, okay, so the first thing we're going to do is we're going to stop weighing. I don't want to, I don't want to see you weighing yourself. If anyone's going to weigh you, it's going to be me and it's going to be for the right reasons. Yeah. And that will be usually to set a goal if they need to lose weight for health purposes. Yeah. But it is never like, just stop weighing yourself. It, what is it, what is it doing? Yeah. 100%. Like, you know, it's, and it's the most like, it's the most inaccurate, you know, way to see how healthy you are. Cause oh, that's not what yeah. health is not weight. Oh, 100%. <laughs> and, it's so bad. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I remember I shared a, a Instagram post, um, maybe this middle of this year, and it was a post saying that like health looks so different on everybody, mm. and the the reason we we put this out towards women a lot is because we're the ones who are, you know, like it's all the health and beauty standards are directed towards us most of the yeah. time. Obviously, it happens to everyone, but most of the time it happens to women. Mm. So this post was. Um, had this beautiful woman she was had like tape measures around her and it was like some metaphor, me, metaphorical symbolic way of saying like my health is good for me your health is good for you yeah like it's none of your business and I had a bunch of guess which gender men <laughs> obviously say to me <laughs> how dare you glorify um you know um obesity what? and I was like um. <laughs> I was like let me and I had like you know some insults here and there and I was like let <laughs> me just let me just clarify one thing yeah um I'm sharing this because you know it's like it's true you like your health is no one else's business but yours if you go directly to a to a doctor or you know a personal trainer Mm -hmm. then that business becomes theirs because you've gone to them for help obviously for a reason so it's like anyone else's health and body shape or what body function or whatever no is business. none of your business. I know. Yeah. And I, I think and some people just, it's so hard to get through people's head for themselves and like mm. how they view others as well. It's so difficult because we have this, all this internalized yeah. judgment. And I think that society really tells us that if, you know, if you're fat or bigger than a size 10, then you're unhealthy. And if you're skinny, mm-hmm. then you're healthy. And I think this is yeah. a really detrimental thought to have because like I know so many bigger women that are actually more healthy than me. And I know like I'm in a smaller body and I'm like, dude, I eat so much crap food in comparison. Your body loves you. And people are sitting yeah. there like, oh no, you know, obesity, this, there's too many big people in the world. And it's just like, but it's just your society that's taught you that that's wrong. Yeah. And it's not wrong. Yeah. You know, a couple of like, 30 years ago, 40 years ago, 50 years ago, like it was completely not normal to be these tiny, like humans. And 100% like body positivity is like, you're beautiful when you're thin, you're beautiful when you're big, but there just shouldn't be a thin and big. There shouldn't be a skinny and fat. There should just be, that's what you look like. And we all love you for that, you know? Yeah. And I'm excited to go into this when we record um, your podcast because that goes a lot into the modeling industry and about sizing and everything. But a good habit that I've like tried to get into is I've tried to remove the word fat as like uh insult to myself of course yeah. yeah because you know like sometimes you like look in the mirror and go oh I look fat today I'm yeah. I've been trying to get into the habit 
like to just remove it completely yeah. because the thing is the word fat is a describing word the word skinny is a describing mm. word neither of them are positive or negative they're just describing they're just yeah what is there yeah. like and they can both be beautiful mm. you know what i mean so i'm like i think that's a good it's like, definitely good kind to of get habit to it. get into but this goes into my next question yes. which is your study so i'll just start yeah. the question which is it's her time is one of many individuals who um, advocate for body positivity which is what you do on the daily mm-hmm. um, and you actually plan to go further into the topic and you already graduated um, with was it graduated last year my honors in pharmaceuticals um, and mm-hmm. I'm going on next year to do my PhD. Yeah, so you're planning to do your yes. PhD in neuroscience and s- social media in relation to the development of body image issues. Yes. Whoa, that's a big one. It's and it's like, sounds one. like it's going to be <laughs> just like mind blowing. But what do you expect to learn from this course and kind yeah. of take away and apply yourself? Ooh, yes. Yeah, so next year I'll be doing my PhD um, and the title of my PhD is going to be looking at the neurobiological impacts of social media on the development of eating disorders in young people. Um, I'm specifically looking at adolescents because this is one of the most detrimental times and important times um, where most people do develop eating disorders and body image issues and things like that. So it's just very prevalent. Um, So we'll be looking in adolescence. Uh, so, so specifically, I'll be examining the link between social media engagement and the development of body dissatisfaction, which then will go on to look at eating disorders. Um, so it's very interesting because I think in my research, before I always decided that this is what I was going to do for my PhD, um, I just found so many, like for so many years, studies have been suggesting that the sexualization and self-objectification promoted via social media platforms should be considered as a risk factor for disordered eating attitudes. But no one studied it yet, so it's very interesting. Well, specifically, scientifically, no one has studied it yet. So it's pretty... And why do you think that is? Um, I think that people underestimate like how problematic and how much social media does impact our you know view of our bodies I think there's been like a lot of psychological work um where they look at you know without measurement like so much more of scientific measurement so we'll just be looking if the brain like the activity of the brain changes over a long period of time with participants engaging with social media and engaging with body image photos and then Mm -hmm. positive comments versus negative comments and yeah and so then we'll just see if the brain activity changes to start looking like someone who has already has an eating disorder or body dissatisfaction and we'll also be giving them like tests at the beginning to rank their body dissatisfaction and then at the end of the trial to see how much it's changed after being super engaged in social media um yeah yeah so it's pretty interesting because they've already done one with um like looking at the neurobiological underpinnings of cyberbullying um, and on like the difference in brain activity and the results did like reveal significant differences in the brain activity of participants when viewing cyberbullying stimuli compared to just normal stimuli so that was mm. yeah so it's interesting so we are expecting to see quite a drastic change yeah. but oh for sure I'm sure yeah. that you will like a lot of the research that you will find and um not answers but what's the word when um results. when you finish an experiment Results. Yeah. <laughs> How did I forget that word? I'm sure that a lot of the results will you'll go, okay, well, that makes a lot of sense. But then I'm just so excited mm. for when you discover things that you go, oh, holy crap. Oh, you I had know. no, like, you would have no idea the correlation between this oh, and no, this. I know. And I think that, that I feel like so many people, even I still do it, I just get on social media and I'm just like scrolling through, like, la di da, and like not really realizing that what's being shown to me is fully impacting how my brain you know the neurons in my brain and how they're all connecting and stuff um yeah yeah so it's so interesting and yeah hopefully by the end of it what will happen is that the research will inform like preventative interventions to target body related social media engagement and this will then hopefully lower the risk of eating disorders and negative body image you know on social media and if we can find interventions then you can bring that up with you know instagram potentially in the future oh, you know, another social media platform and be like, you need to implement some more things so 
young people aren't seeing all of this and then developing serious mental health issues. Yeah. Because they're super, like, yeah, eating disorders are massive mental health issues, especially for women, psychiatrically anyway. Yeah. And I'm I'm sure you, like, you will be learning more about this, Mm. um, but you probably know more than I do so far. Um, on the subject of eating disorders, like kind of what goes into them. Yes. Um, but I've recently discovered that the obviously there's the amount of disorders that people don't recognize is yes. just crazy. Yeah. Australian culture. Mm-hmm. Um, when it comes to um, drinking or dieting or whatever, there's a lot yeah. of um, eating disorders that I've found out were actually eating disorders Mm. you know what I mean for example one that's um I don't know if this is the scientific name Mm. for it but I did look it up and it's confirmed that it's a thing it's like drunk orexia or something like something to do with the Mm. correlation between alcohol like make not eating in the day so that you save money so you can get drunker save money and also um not feel bloated yeah which I was like, when I found that out, I was like, are you kidding me? That's like, true. I yeah. have done that before. Yeah. I'm like, we've and I know people who've before. done that yeah, before. Yeah, for sure. Exactly. And you don't realize how negatively it impacts you. Not only because it's alcohol, which mm. always has a bit of a negative impact. Um, but yeah. even that, like, that's insane. So what? what's your um, kind of, oh, I'm just making up a question here. Um, but <laughs> That's okay. Put me on the spot. <laughs> what's your thoughts on, like, culture of um eating disorders and what is considered and what isn't considered because a lot of people are like oh you can have tendencies or you're not actually diagnosed blah 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 yeah Um, it's so interesting I just like I feel like there's so many eating disorders I know the statistics are insane I think it's I wouldn't 100% quote me on it but I have read that um, more than 80% of westernized women experience disordered eating in their life and when you actually think mm-hmm. about what eating disorders are it actually fully makes sense because I think in society we try and box them up yep into bulimia nervosa anorexia nervosa and that's it and there's like binge eating and things like that but there's so many more anything where you're swaying from just eating a normal you know diet where you're hungry so you eat you have cravings so you eat those cravings like that's like how we should be that's how our ancestors ate you know um so that anything that strays from that like all the dieting all the weight loss foods taking pills because you want to have because you have problem areas and you need to get rid of your problem areas so you work on that in the gym Mm -hmm. or this or that I think yeah it's it's pretty intense like and I don't really blame anyone because society smashes it in your face day in and day out that you are not enough, do you know? So people are developing mm-hmm. all these different kind of eating disorders and then they're feeling shame about them so no one's talking about them. Um, but, yeah, like you were saying, even that, what was it, the drunken disorder? Drunkorexia. You know yeah. what, I'm, I'm going to look it up right now. <laughs> yeah, but even... Drunk of... Yeah, ooh. Ooh. Hang on. <laughs> yep. Literally, drunkorexia is the col colloquism. Wait, colloquial <laughs> colloquial colloquialism for anorexia or bulimia or bulimia combined with the alcohol abuse. The term is generally used to denote the utilization of extreme weight control methods to compensate for planned binge drinking, yeah. which is massive in Australian yeah, culture. of course. And, you know, people are doing that because they're wanting to change their body. And I think that yeah. any kind of eating behavior that, you know, you're, you're, you know, you're being a part of because you want to change your body or you want to change a part of yourself, I would call that disordered eating because – you're not eating mm-hmm. how your body is intended to be, you know, to be fed. So um, yeah, I just think it should be talked so much more because, you know, everyone talks about wanting to lose weight and everyone talks about wanting to eat this and eat that so they can lose weight. Why can't we talk about the mental health that is created through all of this stuff? Because there's so yeah. much mental health issues that are birthed just because people want to change themselves. And um, yeah, I think that's one of the most detrimental things to your health wanting to change who you mm. are because everyone's yeah. perfect like unless you're 
you know, in a hospital or at a doctor's and they're saying, look, you might need to introduce these foods or maybe try and eat less burgers. Like, don't eat them for breakfast, lunch and dinner. Like, then you just, you keep doing you. Like, you're fine. You're perfectly fine the way you are. Um, yeah. But it's also it's all about finding that balance. Say. Yeah, of course. It's so hard yeah. to say. It's like easy, easy said than done. Yeah. But if I it's heard myself. It's just stepping stone. <laughs> yeah, if I had myself like two years ago, I'd have been like, shut up. <laughs> you don't understand, but I do understand and yeah. I feel everyone who goes through it because it's so, it's terrible. Yeah, it's just about like utilizing that positive mindset and mm. balanced lifestyle into kind of going, okay, this is me. Yeah. Like I was made this way. It's an insult to my mother by insulting myself. Yeah. Like you don't want to insult your mother. It's an insult <laughs> to all women, you know, because it's an insult yeah. to all women. That is, yeah. And I'm excited to like that brings up a story, but I'm not going to tell that story because I want to tell it on your podcast. Okay. So I'll tell I'm so excited. <laughs> so if you want to hear the story, I was just about to tell everyone, you got to go listen to It's Her Times, one of one what? of her first, first podcasts. I'm it will come out excited. eventually. Um, but I did want to go into a question that I thought was really interesting that you brought up with me, yes. which was how does society... Well, in terms of your views, how yeah. does society benefit from our negative body images? Yeah, this is an awesome is, question. Yeah, really interesting. Yeah, and I'm I'm super about I'm super passionate about this one. I think because it really pisses me off. So mm-hmm. I just think like, all right, let's just think about it for a second. How many companies do you think would go out of business if we all woke up just one day and decided that we were gonna fully and utterly just love ourselves? like an insane just amount insane. yeah insane yeah. amount like cosmetic surgeries weight loss programs dieting companies you know the shakes the pills the pimple creams the anti-aging creams the hair extensions the fake eyelashes all that stuff like you know there's like liposuction the fat blasting machines there's so many of them and of course if you go and get your hair done whatever that's amazing but all of these like every single one of these businesses will always tell you that you are not enough so that they can benefit because it makes them so much money. So society wants us to hate ourselves and these businesses thrive off us hating themselves or wanting to change ourselves because then we'll, you know, just keep going into this this terrible cycle of we hate ourselves, let's go try and change ourselves, let's spend all of our money trying to change ourselves and I still hate myself because I'm never going to be happy while I'm trying to change myself. Like it's never going to happen. So. I just think like the thing is that we're always going to be bombarded with information that tells us that we're not enough, we're not thin enough, we're not beautiful enough, we aren't strong enough, we're not powerful enough, we're just not enough. And I think that it's the biggest lie that society tells us and it causes us so much pain and divide and hatred in the world and within ourselves. Um, And I think that you know, we have always been enough. And at some point, we're just going to have to turn around, like stand up nice and tall and tell society to go F itself because you mm-hmm. are all enough. <laughs> and and they will continuously tell you that you're not. And um, yeah, and I just feel like it's, it's, it's such a shame um, that we do live in a society like this and we just have to like, yeah. we just have to acknowledge it and be like, man, you know what, today I feel like not listening to all the voices in my head, all the magazines that are smashed in my face, the advertisements, the influences, the, this perfect thing that you have to be like. like. You don't. You don't have to be like anything yeah. other than you because you're awesome. Yeah. You're so awesome. Mm. Yeah. That's what I, <laughs> so that's what I think about society. <laughs> I love it. I love how passionate you are. And we need to see more of it, honestly. Like, yeah. I, like we need to see more of that. It, my next question, though, that I just came up with, yes. um, which when you're talking about, um, like, if we all just kind of went nap, we love like, ourselves. we're not listening to anything. Yeah. I wonder what, like, going into what you will research, mm-hmm. I wonder what um, that will look like between different cultures because, you know, beauty standards are different Completely in every different. culture. Like, yeah. if you go into – if you go to China – the beauty standards of being, you know, round face, yeah. small nose, like yeah. whiter skin, um, bigger eyes. And I've seen a lot of videos that have come up on my social media 
um, of women removing their makeup after a day. It's insane. Like they the pros- they use prosthetics sometimes. Yeah. Uh, and I've seen videos of yeah. women and men talking about how from a young age is drilled into their mind that they need to get this work done, this work of done course. to fit a like a face shape. So I think uh-huh. it'll be really interesting what you find out, but like what the kind of variations of beauty standards and mm. what if they all dropped away what it would look like in different cultures um yeah. what, what do you think oh <laughs> yeah I totally I, I agree and you know I feel like all these different countries they're always wanting something that they're not so like you know we in the western world usually want to be more tanned right because mm-hmm. that's the beachy Australian look like you need to be tanned mm-hmm. to be beautiful and yeah, and then we go and look at Asia and they're, they're like, if you're tan, that means that, you know, you're actually, um, you know, from a lower grade because that means that you're working in the fields and stuff, so you want to be white. So we, say, we yeah. sell tanning lotion and then they sell white lotion, like, to make you more pale. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, and I just, yeah, I think there's always unrealistic beauty standards all over the world and, you know, even a couple, like, oh, I don't know how many years ago, but I know a long time ago, um, you know, being of a bigger size was actually good because it showed that you were wealthy. Um, so it's yeah, still I think in a that lot was like even in medieval times, yeah. to be honest, because when there's a lot of starvation and poverty. Yes, and like I'm yeah, Europe. And I know even in Africa these days, because they have so little. When someone yeah. is bigger, they're like, oh, well, you're you're awesome because you're getting so fed. You're so lucky. And I think, yeah. oh, that, that actually makes me really sad because then we come into this Western world and, and then we're all throwing up our food or not eating food or dieting or over-exercising so we can fit this standard. When people in other countries, they have so much bigger, more important things that they're worried about. They're like, dude, I can't even feed my family today, you know? Yeah. And yeah. So, but sorry, getting back to your question. Yes, like I think that all different cultures have different beauty standards, but all their beauty standards are unrealistic because I think that every society benefits on people not loving themselves because it's a massive booming industry. Like if you don't love yourself, like how much money are you going to go out and spend it? Like when I was going through all my stuff, I would spend all of my savings to be beautiful or to be beautiful mm-hmm. in society standards, you know? Um, so, yeah, I think, yeah, there's a hundred different beauty standards, but whatever they are, they're unre- unrealistic. And it's just yeah. bad for people's overall health and self-esteem. Yeah. So what's your opinion on social media then um, and social media overload Yeah. Um, and its vicious cycle? Because are you less active on social media in your – because obviously it's a time which yeah. is you want to be more active on, but with your own personal um, – accounts mm-hmm. um and you know facebook and twitter and blah 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 tiktok blah 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 <laughs> yeah um are you less active on there or yeah what's your opinion on the just oh, the overload because i know mm. we are all so overloaded i'm oh, overloaded yeah. my screen time is just disgusting at mine's, this point mine's but, horrendous it's like four hours five, yeah. hours five hours a day oh oh you <laughs> mine is way worse <laughs> no, no no but that's only because i'm mine? starting out <laughs> You just wait. I'm going to show you mine right now. It is awful. Just show me. I'm not going to show you okay. through time. Oh, my God. It's terrible. You're also running a um, business. So. That's true. <laughs> but still. On the daily. Yes. Okay. So, last week, um, my average was eight hours. Oh, nearly nine hours a day. <laughs> and I spent 33. I spent 62 hours total. On my screen. For the week? This week, yeah, that was the whole week. This week, it's only Tuesday. From Sunday to Tuesday, I've mm-hmm. already spent 20 hours on my screen yeah. of a average of seven hours per day. Like, that's terrible. Well. So bad. It's not so bad. I just, it. I think, like, I fully believe that it's what you follow and engage with, with on social media that dictates yeah. how you experience it. And I think that is what mm-hmm. dictates it, whether it's good for you or whether it's bad for you so yeah Yeah. so I think back in the day I used to follow a lot of women specifically um that lived these incredible lives in these huge mansions they were super duper skinny they had the perfect hair they had perfect skin and honestly to me they just had the most perfect life that I've ever seen right and I think 
that like what we really must realize is that no life is perfect but social media on social media you're just continuously told that people's lives are perfect and that your life should yeah you know be in parallel with this otherwise there's something wrong with you um and you know even I used to do this like I would be having such a bad day and I'd probably be crying in the morning and just like I don't like life today and then two minutes later I post like a selfie like oh I'm like loving life my life is so awesome (laughs) and how sad is this you know it's just this big facade that everyone's okay there's no such thing as mental health there's no such thing as having fights with your loved ones or you know just things not going good for you that day um so yeah it just creates this whole big fake world like this virtual reality world Mm -hmm. um yeah so I just used to follow all these people that were socially perfect in hopes that one day I could be like that and I could be this girl that everyone would look up like look up to and think wow she really has it all she's got it all together she's the entire package and I do think this is one of the biggest downfalls in my life um, and in my you know teenage years and I think it is a massive problem with social media um, like you know even after spending like 10 minutes a day um, on a social media platform like Facebook or Instagram um, it would leave me mentally exhausted and depressed for the rest of the day because I could never measure up to these unrealistic beauty standards and these unrealistic standards of living um, yeah so I don't know as a teenage girl I was walking around with like acne and I wasn't you know I wasn't living in this little tiny body and all those things that you know that you should be apparently according to social media walking around doing um so I was just far from this ideal body standard and and life standard like we weren't the richest family growing up and I didn't have all the nicest things and I couldn't edit my photos so amazingly um yeah, yeah so then I got all these mental health issues and um yeah, I think when your social media is like just yelling at you every day that you should be something that you're not, it takes a massive toll on your health and well-being. Um, anyway, I'm getting a bit off the question. I'm going to bring it back. So, <laughs> over, so over the past few years, I think I um, started to embark on this journey of self-love and acceptance. Um, and I did decide that one day I was just going to fully just love myself and calm my social media following. And I just unfollowed every account that made me feel like a crappy person, um, that made me feel that I couldn't measure up or that I wasn't enough. And I just started following all these accounts that fed my passions and, you know, my soul, which was super refreshing and it completely changed my entire social media experience, which was really I think people need to, like, honestly, that's the best, like, the most positive yeah. outlook mm. to kind of no that's the be- that's the best way to approach social media is and I I do this as well when you create you because on obviously like with Instagram you have an algorithm and you see what you follow and mm. what you like mm. so you can create your own algorithm if you want more positive if you if you're like you said with the skinny rich women in mansions yeah. um um, if you liking those, you're going to see that more often. Yeah. I've been, especially this year, I've gone, okay, this needs to change. Like I mm. had the same thing where I was following all these supermodels going, oh, I can't wait to look like them, yes. but I'm never going to look like them yeah. because I look like me and they look like them. So I started following, I started following so yeah. like accounts that just shouted diversity. I followed mm. people of different sizes, different colors, different ethnicities, different people who had cool fashion, people who, you know, spoke about empowerment and uh, yeah, activism 100%. and think accounts where I learn stuff. That's oh, like, that's 100%. what I surrounded my feed with. Yeah. And that's why I love scrolling through the feminine feed because we just follow just all these activists account. And I learn so much. Obviously oh, a lot of it is like, makes me really angry and I'm, I get really passionate going we need to change this but that's what I like yeah. I like to get passionate about stuff it's really so cool. and I've also yeah I think it's amazing that we have the power to kind of form our own mm. algorithm mm. and not many people know that yeah. that's why like yeah definitely maybe that's why my amount of screen time isn't that detrimental to me at the moment because yeah my, the screen time that I am on like when I am on my yeah. screen I'm looking at empowering for the most part empowering things for the most part um and I also try myself as well as on my Mm. Instagram and I'm sure you I obviously I'm definitely not it's her time which like I want to get I want to be that authentic on my Instagram but I am more Mm. closer to sharing 
what I like. Yeah, not, of course. Oh, will this person like it? It's like, yeah. what I like. I like, That's amazing. I like doing this cool edit. Like, mm. oh, oh, let's get on to edits, actually, because yeah. this is an interesting okay. topic. I didn't write it down. Yeah. So I'm very, because um, I want to hear what you have to say, but I'm yeah, very passionate about these Instagram filters that modify faces. Mm. I hate them. I, I hate, hate them. them with every bone in my so body. Much. But see, there's a different, and I've been really like, mm. um, vocal about it on my Instagram saying yeah. like this is stop posting right. with these yeah. faces because this is not what you look like and you're showing younger girls younger boys this is, who follow yeah, you that you that is like. what you should look like yeah. but then I've had people go okay I understand but then you post photos with like um edits with stuff behind you or stuff across the screen and stuff oh. and that's when I go well that's artistic like yeah, that's crazy that's course. being artistic yeah. there's a difference between modifying your face and mm. your body than like modifying the photo to make it kind of look yeah. like you know what I mean I don't know oh, how yeah. to I know what you explain mean. it I know there's a million apps out there now which is really scary yeah. but that you know that can do all these different things to make you look like this different person and then people are going on mm-hmm. social media and like oh wow look at her she's the most incredible thing I've ever seen and then in the background she's editing her entire face her entire body like you can make yourself thin you can make yourself tall you can get rid of all your pimples mm-hmm. and your blemishes and you can straighten your hair and make your eyes bigger and you know it's it is it's a lot and filters I think I've seen oh obviously I follow a lot of really empowering people but you know I've seen a lot of people yeah. do a lot of before and after the filters like this is not real life this is not what we look like as human beings like you just you don't look like this because this is fitting some societal construct that's not even true like i don't yeah. know sometimes i just think like who even decided that pimples were ugly like pimples are just your hormones just trying to balance themselves yeah. out you know who decided just that shows that you're yeah. a properly functioning person <laughs> yeah and then like who decided that wrinkles are terrible it just means that you're growing in wisdom and in yes. Oh my gosh. I'm so, I'm so glad you said that because yeah. I say that on the daily as well. Mm-hmm. And people go, I mean, I'm guilty of it myself going, Oh, I want to get rid of this. Yes, and I like look in the mirror and I'm like, Sorry. Oh no, I've got something here. Yeah. But like gray hair wrinkles, like I'm excited for when mm-hmm. I get to experience them because yeah. I have more years on me and I will know more. Yeah. It's really, I will experience more, which is going to yeah. be exciting. It's really, yeah. And it's really sad. I think this is also what I was reading in the beauty myth which I love. And I think that every woman should read the beauty myth. Um, I'll link it below. Yeah, definitely. It's amazing. And um, she she says, you know, that young girls are afraid of old, uh, old women because they don't want to be old and wrinkly, but really being old and wrinkly means that you're so full of like, you've lived this incredible life. You have all this knowledge to share. You're really powerful. And I think, you know, society says, like, they try and get rid of wrinkles and, you know, all the things that come with age, like extra cellulite, extra this, extra that, whatever, um, stretch marks and stuff, um, because older women are the most powerful people in the world because they have the most life experience. They've birthed children, you know, they've gone through all these different life events, um, and so they're limiting them now to, we don't want to age, and then this is a preoccupation with, I want to be beautiful still. So young women are looking up to old ones, like older women, and fearing them. And then older women are looking up to younger ones and fearing them too. Like, why don't I look like you anymore? I want to look like you. Yeah. But it's just like, but if you're so powerful. Um, yeah, like you should, like, oh, I feel like women should just be like, yeah, my wrinkles are awesome. Sorry, I don't know if I was. <laughs> <laughs> you can believe that. <laughs> But, um, yeah, so, and then we have all these filters now to cover up all that stuff, to cover up our natural beauty, because if we want to be loved and accepted and we want our voices to be heard, then we have to be beautiful. And it's, yeah, I just think that is a really vicious cycle. And I think yeah. all these filters and stuff, it's, yeah, it's a cycle because young people get on there. They see all these people using all these filters and they're like, that's what I have to look like. I don't look like that, but I'll pretend I do. So I'll use filters. Mm -hmm. And it's just this massive thing where people are like, I don't look like I look in the filter. I hate myself. And Mm -hmm. there we go. There's a mental health, like problem, illness just developed right there. Yeah. 
So yeah, I hate filters. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> well, yeah, I um, yeah, I'm excited to um talk about this further on your podcast as well because yes. I have so much to say. I'm so I'm like, sad. Don't want to like, don't want to take this spot like, cause this is about you. <laughs> no. And about no, no, I love but, it. But I'm just like, um, but I'm really excited. I want to. I did want to kind of finish this off with a classic question from mm-hmm. Femina. What would you tell your younger self? So let's mm. go to the most insecure version of Talia when she was younger. Yeah. And she needed someone to come mm. to her and tell her. What would you say? What would I say? Well, I think for me, when I was growing up, I think that a lot of people used to say to me, oh, you're so beautiful. And they'd say to my mom, oh, your daughter is so beautiful. She's so beautiful. And I know people are probably listening like, oh, poor you. But... It was really hard because you're constantly getting told that you're beautiful and then you become defined as I'm just beautiful. And so then when you become a teenager, your body starts changing, your face starts changing and you, you know, start becoming a woman. And then you're holding on to this definition of yourself is that you're just so beautiful. So I think like talking to my old self, I would just tell her, you know, you're so much more than just beautiful. You know, and I tell her that like I'm so proud of her and that she is so loved and she is loved not because she's beautiful, but because, you know, she's strong and she is intelligent and she's kind and generous and passionate. Um, yeah, and I would just tell her, like, stop worrying about what you look like because no one lo- worth having in your life is ever, ever going to love you or stick around because you're beautiful. Um, yeah, and I think I would also tell her, <laughs> I'm telling her a lot, um, that, yeah, that I would tell her how incredible that her body is um, and how it functions, you know, to keep her alive. And, you know, I'd tell her that her body, like her tummy rolls were gorgeous and that her hairy legs are not disgusting, but they keep her warm and they keep her protected. You know, her blemishes on her face, they're just, you know, your hormones doing their thing. Her messy eyebrows keep things out of her eyes and... You know, her thighs allow her to run and dance all over the place. And yeah, I think I would just tell her that she's really awesome. I love that. That's amazing. <laughs> the compliment of calling someone beautiful has really just lost its meaning. Yeah. And I mean, there's definitely this thing called pretty privilege and there mm. is definitely like a lot of a lot of judgment when people go, um, I'm sick of being called beautiful. People go, oh, oh poor, poor you. you. Like, yeah. such as, like, you, your life must suck. Which, true, like, yeah. that's not the most, that's not the most, it's not the worst thing in the yeah. world. But when, if you do want to talk about it, mm. it, it can suck. It's because tough. people just view you for the external body when in yeah. re- in reality, being beautiful is not the most interesting. That is the least interesting thing It's the thing least interesting, but you, you know, you become defined by that and then, yeah. You, you try your entire life to maintain this expectation of beauty yeah. and then, you know, you develop eating disorders and then people look at you like, oh, what? But you're skinny and you're beautiful. Like, you're so pretty. Like, I how know. did you get an eating or disorder? Or if you fall, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Or if you fall a little bit, like the tiniest bit under the standard of what people but they see it. hold you yeah. up to, it's like all of a sudden you're gone. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, what? Just everything that you and, do and is because you're beautiful. And yeah. And I've had so many like run-ins at work where like people have told me that I've only got the job because I'm pretty and like, yep. you know, mm-hmm. um, I only got this grade because I was pretty and the teacher liked me. And and it's just like, you know, I just you become just like belittled by being pretty. And yeah, I just mm-hmm. like, I feel for all the people that are out there that are really beautiful and they're suffering, but they can't tell anyone they're suffering because people don't understand. Like, it's okay because it's really, yeah. it's Because there's hard. this whole cancel culture about mm. like, obviously there's a way of delivery when you, when you deliver this, yeah, like when you say you have this yeah. problem, there's a way of delivery. And I've mm. seen people deliver the message wrong when they kind of just do this pity party. Yeah. But in essence, what they're saying is, like, completely real. Like, mm. it's true. It, it's terrible to just be defined by what you look like and how people view you, which is, yeah. you know, same for one extreme being beautiful and one extreme being, by society standards, mm. ugly. Yeah. Like, people define you by that. Mm. And that's awful if people define you by only being beautiful. Mm. That's just so shallow and, like, you feel like, yeah. what is there to life? Yeah. And I, like, I mean, the amount of trust issues that I have, like, developed from relationships because I've just gone... 
do you you don't even like me for you my just, brain yeah you just think i'm pretty great there's so many yeah, like how women boring. out there like yeah yeah mm. like come on someone come up with something interesting <laughs> i know yeah so i feel like yeah like there's a million different reasons why people don't like themselves and mostly it's because of you know women's objectification and sexualization yeah. and you know yeah. the massive pressure for women to be really beautiful and i know there is a massive pressure for men but it's just not as big as women because you yeah. know, even if you see the women on, this is a bit unrelated, but you know, the women on the news, like the guy sitting there just in the tops, maybe he showered, maybe he hasn't, not sure. But the woman has so much makeup on her hair, it's perfect, she's in these tight dresses with heels. And it's just like you have such a yeah. massive beauty standard to uphold. Because if you're not beauty, then you can't, beautiful, then you can't do your job properly. Do you know? You know, I um, mm. discovered something really crazy and just disgusting as well when mm. it came like, from the news. Um, Fox News had a rule. Um, I think it was in America. could be in other countries as well. But mm. they had a rule that all tables had to be see-through because when they would pan out, mm. like at the end when they kind of go, okay, good night, everyone. And then like the man and woman mm. would kind of like chat to each other and then it would pan out and like kind of go, do 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 you could see through the see-through table and you would be able to see the women with their legs crossed and they'd always have to wear a skirt. That's terrible. So it was kind of like, mm. it was like that tiny little, little tip bit of the edge of like sexualizing the, mm. the, of the, woman. Um, the newswoman, which is just disgusting. It's like yeah. so unnecessary. Yeah. Um, but yeah, totally it's right. It's the same for like all women um, in big powerful places. Not like there is mm-hmm. many, but we're getting there. I mean, we have yeah. an amazing vice president of America now. I'm very happy. Oh, yes. I was so yes, excited Kirkland. to hear about that this week. I'm very happy. Yeah, but, amazing. Yeah, but you know, even she would have this intense like pressure on her that she has to always look perfect. Because mm-hmm. no matter how successful we are, no matter how hard we work to get up there, if we're not beautiful, then does it really count for our society, yeah. you know? Yeah. And that just and even, needs to be um, changed. Yeah. Oh, mm. my God, for sure. And even Jacinta in New Zealand, yeah. she had a baby, like, halfway through her term. Oh, and, well, I mean, was it the start of her term? And I think it was just, yeah, a bit after. She yeah, and the amount of, like, ridicule she got. How, the way she looked or the way she acted and it's like this woman just had a baby like calm down like, she's, she's running the country woman. and giving birth <laughs> she's gone <laughs> like people need to calm yeah. down this is just the start yeah. of our conversation with talia everyone listening to the podcast this is just the start because we're going to do i want to do more episodes with you I'm when we so kind of dig down deeper yeah. onto certain topics Love and yeah. you know discuss more about ourselves and yeah. what we've experienced which is going to be amazing so this is not the last you're going to hear from her this is <laughs> only the start but thank you so much for coming oh, on to pleasure. your first episode with femina absolutely amazing it's a pleasure to have you here and i'm very excited for what is to come such a pleasure thank you so much elise (laughs) my pleasure all right we'll we'll just say goodbye to everyone have a good day everyone bye everyone wait before you go i have some exciting news for you guys Femina and Co. officially has a Patreon page. Many of you may not know what a Patreon page is. It's pretty much a page where we can upload our behind-the-scenes, unedited podcasts, and 18-plus content. I'm talking about articles, bits of podcasts, and experiences from our amazing voices and professionals that may not be appropriate for Instagram and Facebook and our website. A lot of it's going to be our sexual health content, which is coming up real soon, which I'm so excited for, and also what will be part of that content will be stories and experiences that may come across as confronting and traumatizing. So if you don't want to miss out on all our behind the scenes stuff and all our 18 plus content, go join our Patreon now. It is Femina and Co. If you don't want to join, that's okay. I won't be offended. We love you nonetheless. But yeah, that's my exciting news. All right. Bye guys.